welcome to Beat People Podcast. I think this is episode 56. Yeah, and we got special guests, the Daydream Sound, the place to be. Um, we got uh, an undo your camera, Ken. There you go. You're over here taking over the camera and stuff. <laughs> I can't yeah, open it up already. We got Daydream Sound in the place. and uh, What's up, Daydream? What's going on? What's going on? TDS in the place. <clears throat> Yo, I was just uh, I was just mentioning you the other day, and I can't remember who I was mentioning you. Oh, oh, to Bryce Upright. Oh and man, yo, I is was, he coming back? Yeah, is, is, coming is it back. a rise? He coming back? He is uh, been, back with the last vengeance. two weeks. He's been doing his thing, man, building mm-hmm. a rig and really getting getting ready. Like, I, this is him coming back for real. It's been a couple false starts a few other times. All right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now he's uh, he's doing his thing and kind of getting in there. So this is this is dope. Nice. Uh, I'm happy for that, man. Yeah, it's really dope. And uh, I was telling him that you do like five U and vintage samplers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it just kind of both of us just kind of set back like, damn, five U and vintage samplers. That's like that's like my back. <laughs> it, it, it works out man with the, the connectors kind of do make it all easier because i never got a you know i mean everything's quarter inch this everything's quarter inch so you're just going right in it's good you ain't got yeah, yeah. any kind of conversions or any kind of anything and that makes sense yeah which reminds me quick out about before we get started do you guys know of any quarter inch to like is there a place you can get quarter inch too many anywhere yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. okay you know about quarter inch to uh 3.5 yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can get those. You can get those anywhere. Like anywhere from like perfect circuit, mono price, even. Um, I'll send you. A, I'll deep send you a, surplus. A couple links, Phil. Like, Please, man. Wicked. Control. I think Control sells them too. Control sells them. Control actually just had a sale on them the other day too. I I, I saw a sale on them. They had okay. uh, the, is it Elemental? So, somebody has them and, and they were on sale for like three bucks. Um, and yeah, yeah you, but wait, generally but, speaking, that that cable is like three bucks. Nice. Um, but 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 the question is, um, is the voltage um the same over both? Like I the think the voltage range. The control voltage range is pretty much it is pretty similar. Like I mean, yeah. it's still volt per octave. Um, the difference is uh in the power supply, really. So, uh, yeah. That's word. good to know, man. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'll definitely send you some links, man. It's um, yeah, but that's that's dope. But yeah, you can you can interpatch between Eurorack and um, and Five U. Word, word, word. And you were thinking about at one point getting into Five U too, right? I still am. It's it's a matter of space and um, like, I, it's also it's also a fight because I really want a Five U as like a living room piece because I think they're gorgeous. And like instead of having like a like a like a baby grand in a living room, I want like a beautiful five U, and yeah. uh, <laughs> in, in like a nice oak cabinet, you know, or, or mahogany or something sexy like that. And the wife says no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge, huge undertaking, man. I mean, you know, look, look how Euro rack, those small little Euro rack joints could take over. I can only imagine how much five U could take over if you let it. There, yeah, your bill's not gonna be nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's something about the um about the the aesthetic spacing of knobs and whatnot. Like one thing I don't like is I don't like it when five U companies start trying to go the Eurorack route 
of cramming everything into a small space. Yeah. Like, I like the format staying wide open and, and, like, usable and, like, you can get your hand in there and turn knobs and not feel like one your finger's hitting another knob or anything like that. I like the, the larger form factor. Mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So when I see, like, companies doing 5U and then they're trying to cram everything into a small space like a Eurorack, I'm like, that's, like, missing a point for me. Yeah, but it's a double it's a double edged sword because you get mad at companies like Qubit for making their you know too much space. Or like Verbose. You know, those are very performance um performance. I don't get mad knobs. at Verbose or, or Qubit like that. Who's getting yeah. mad at it? Somebody was getting mad at it. I I, I don't um... <laughs> I don't know. But I mean there's always they could take the criticism aside. <laughs> there's certain there's certain euro but but it's also different for euro rack versus 5u for me like it's like 5u to me is very much an aesthetic thing whereas euro rack is more utilitarian for me um that being said there are certain euro rack modules that irritate me with being too cramped like i love the sound of the rossum uh evolution filter it's the nicest sounding ladder uh, it truly you know, is yeah, that, that thing is just amazing sounding, but I can't stand that the cutoff knob is so close to the other knobs. It's not a performance-friendly knob. Like, it, it's just, it's a little too tight for my taste. Whereas, I've got the Mankato filter from uh, Suit and Tie Guy, and uh, that thing, it's got a big filter knob right in the center, and it's it's almost like a 5U module. It's massive. Um, and, and that thing, I love, but it's... It's got some wasted space, but at the same time, it's it's pleasant. It's just really nice. Um, the other thing is I had... So at one point, I had four different ladder filters, like Moog-style transistor ladder filters in my Eurorack, and I was trying to decide. I wanted to narrow it down to, like, one or two of them, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And it came down to the Evolution filter and the Studio Electronics one. And the Studio Electronics one is like pretty much a one-to-one of the mini mode, right? So that filter, it has that, uh, it doesn't have the uh, resonance compensation, the Q compensation on it. So you get that Mm -hmm. bass drop off on it. Whereas on the Evolution, you can dial that in. You can either give it, you know, as much as you want or you can back it off, whatever. But the difference is, is that the Studio Electronics one was really aesthetically pleasing as far as like just being able to play it. And the Rossum one isn't. The Rossum one won, but it only edged it out by a tiny bit. But, you know, the the real kicker for me was just the utilitarian side of Q compensation. Yeah. Word. Hey, yo, before we before we get too far along, I want to say what up to Aaron. What up, Aaron? Afro Rap? How's it going? Oh, damn. What's going hey, on? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> It was me. I I, 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 I led the conversation the wrong way. It's all good. No, no, no. It's all good. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. And um, I wanted to talk about some stuff later on in the show. You know, um, Afrorack is doing a Shape the Future uh, synth drive. We're trying to gather up some of your old used modules and synthesizers. And um, if you don't know, I uh, run Afrorack organization in Chicago where I teach modular synthesis to African-Americans and children of color so we're trying to get some some gear for the new year and hopefully the community community has been helping out a lot so we want to get as much as we can because uh these kids really need this education 
Hey, Aaron, will, will they take? Will they take like, like, old things like, I don't know, like old radios, old tape deck stuff like that? Anything, anything, okay, anything right. music, anything music related. You know, anything we can make music with, anything we can experiment with. Um, there's a list on the uh, at Afrorack, um, or at the Afrorack. There's a link to it in my uh, Instagram. Okay. So check it out and there's a list of like all kinds of you know any old studio gear old microphones any anything that all the right. kids can experiment with um it's an amazing thing that's happening in chicago and it'd be great if you cut out there aaron but no we we definitely oh. support you yeah there you go cool i'm back <laughs> <Thanks so much>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we definitely support you man i got a couple of things that um I'll probably end up sending you too, so uh, I'll, I'll right, get great. with you right after the show. But um, yeah, hey, yeah, and, and and we're also we're all, I'm actually going over to Nerd Audio. We're setting up a drop bin over there, so people in Chicago can actually just drop so far. Word, dope, dope, cool. dope. Oh, and and somebody's as Glenn. Hey, Glenn is in the uh, chat. What up, Glenn? Glenn Darcy from ASM. Oh wow! Yeah, ASM. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Ashun. Is it Ashun? Ashun. Ashun. ASM Ashun music uh, machines that do the uh, Hydrasynth. And Yo, so he's in the chat. What was the chat? We got to get you on the show again. Talk about uh, Hydra as it's coming to market. Word. Look at I this feel guy. Like Aaron looks Yo, look, look at Aaron picture, is man. young and sprightly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so if you guys want to check out the site, just go to afrorack.org and you can get more information on, on it there. Um, so just just a great cause and, you know, easy way for you to, you know, support. Word up. Yeah. Let's see. Word up, word up. Thanks so much. I'm going to put it in the, in the thing, in the chat too. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. So... Hey, I want to get to uh, to TDS. So one of the things TDS is here to talk about is, you know, uh, we were chatting on social media. He was mentioning he got a new album coming out, new musical project. And uh, I was like, yo, why don't we get you on the show around the time that the joint comes out? Let's talk about it, you know, and support. Because I know he's a, he's a monster on the beach, and I was just listening to some of it this morning as I was on a run to get some creamer for my coffee. And there was a point when I just kind of sat in the um, in the in the car in the grocery store lot, and I was just listening to it. Like, yeah, I'm not ready to go in yet. Wow. Yeah, it was. It, it, you know what I love about it is is it's like his own like vibe, and it's kind of ethereal, and and there's like. Uh, the drums, it's almost like he's choking the crap out of whatever the output the drums are coming out of. And then at certain points, he'll just open it up and the drums will kind of bloom. And I'm sitting here listening to his music thinking, like, how's he doing this? <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? But, yeah, let's get into it, man. What's up with the album? Tell us about it. Man, it's a um, it's an experimental sample-based album. I made it with all the, just it, for the most part, old vintage samplers and the way i go about things now is i just kind of record with the mic around the city mm. and when i get back in i'll kind of select the sounds i want if they're percussive sounds i'll kind of shape them to sound like drums kind of you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then get to making music yeah 
and really? yeah, most of it was just recording just a lot of events. Like near the end of the album, um, the end of the production of the album, I was kind of done with the mixing, and then the Raptors won. And <laughs> that day, the whole city was just making noise. Like if you had to work, you just couldn't work. It was just people. Just out <laughs> oh my god! So I said, you know what? Let me get a little bit of this vibe on the album. I just stuck a mic outside and recorded for like a half an hour. Wow. So there's a lot of like just, you know, just celebration stuff that kind of made it to the album last minute. So it's that type of uh, method that that kind of you see on the album. And that's that's the way I kind of do it these days. That's really dope. You know, it came off and, and I'm not even finished listening to it fully. But uh, what I've heard of, I heard about half of it so far. And it's really a dope album. I'm um, I'm I'm glad to be rocking to it. I'm glad you put it out there, man. I think I think it needs to be more people doing more experimental music and pushing the envelope and and knowing what your background is is just really dope to see that and appreciate it you know the people that that love what you do might be opened up to something uh that they might not have heard before and and good though you know what i mean so that's really dope what was the what was the inspiration for the album yo oh man uh death (laughs) in a short word you know um the album is called history never gets old and the whole theme about it is is that old things never age you know they they just they're locked in time so i use old samplers and i'm trying to maintain them and just old things so that they aren't forgotten you know so hence the title um so i'm trying to sustain the legacy of the just the things that we use and never forget them were really yeah. really dope and so what was uh some of the the gear that did you did you kind of stick to like say just a couple pieces or did you just kind of over time use a little bit of everything yeah every time i kind of use everything but i always start with one thing you know i i start usually with one sampler and then i add other stuff to it so the majority of the album is mainly um eps 16 plus um sp1200 and octatrack word no you know that's an interesting mix though um do you think can you think people most people mix well people that might have access to that stuff would mix sort of the octatrack kind of vibes and the the vintage samplers i should be asking uh afro right because i know he's in both sides of that game too interesting mix (laughs) yeah uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've used the um, the um, the, Mir- um, the Mirage, what, the the first Mirage, the one with the hex, the DSK, yeah, 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 and I've used the Octatrack together. Um, that's a beautiful combination. I would say. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, I mean, anything really. It's it's about textures for me, um, but. You know, I mean, that's with anything. I don't, I don't often use the SV twelve hundred though. Um, I, I'd rather go for the uh, the Euro rack at that point. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, yeah. Dope, dope. And yeah. so, did you? Um, let me um, TDS. You use those samplers, and did you get other synths and 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 stuff involved there too? The only synth on there is the five U. Um, pretty much all the like. A lot of the 808s and sub rumble stuff uh, would have come from the 5U. Okay. And I also ran a lot of stuff through the 5U. Right, right. And right. then there's just a tad of, um, on the first song, Fluid Breather, there's a tad of ESQ1. Yeah. But it's very light on that stuff otherwise. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Really and you've don't. been doing a lot of like, uh, so it's like what every Friday you do your show. Yeah. Yeah. So every Friday you've got like a, like a live, live podcast where it's kind of stream of consciousness and you're just kind of in the lab, just messing around. Was, was much of the album done while you were kind of doing that stuff or no, no, I usually your time or what? Yeah. I make music on a completely like solitary level. Like it's usually, I, I never, I'm never comfortable with making music in the presence of people. I, I, I just, just the way I am, <laughs> but it's, it's always just me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I grow it from there. I work really, really slow, like super slow. So it's more like a methodical process. I take my time. I don't really have anything to rush towards hmm. and I just keep on going until it's done. Yeah. You know what? I feel like when I'm making music, I'm in a zone and yeah. I feel like when people are around, I don't, I'm not in that zone. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, well, I'm right. in a zone when I'm creating alone and it's just kind of, I almost don't even think like sometimes I, I'd say, you know, you should turn the camera on and do a live while you're creating, but I almost feel like it won't be the same vibe and mm-hmm. I'm conscious of the fact that people up there, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why typically when I'm showing stuff on Instagram or whatever, or even when I upload something to YouTube, typically you're seeing me play back stuff that I've created Yeah. Um, because that's just the way I operate. I don't know, like, I, I get that whole thing. The, yeah, man, I feel you on that. Rounds, just a different thing. And, and to do it right, I mean, realistically, it should be something that you're taking time on. And, and it to me, it's almost like a meditative thing. It's where it's like you can kind of shut other things out and just focus on, you know, the vibe that you're trying to create and create that world and that atmosphere and that tonal texture and all that. And if you're if you're trying to live stream that stuff, to me, it's it's not the same. It's, it's very much like a... Um, there's no matter how lightly it might be there. There's always that. Okay, well, I need to be entertaining, or I need to, yeah, you know, yeah. I need to engage, be engaging someone. When realistically, if you're working on on an album or if you're working on songs, it's more often than not, it's like, leave me alone, stay quiet. Like I don't, I don't want to talk. Yeah, to man. Like a lot of times, I'll forget to eat and drink while while I'm creating oh, man. music. And it's just like, you know, you just get hyper focused on one thing. Yeah, you man. know what's crazy about that is that I have to, if I had to think back in the 90s when we'd be in the studio all the time, uh, and, and you know, I was fortunate in those days, like some of us probably were, most of us probably were in this cast, like in those days to be in professional studios where it wasn't very prevalent for people to have gear. And and I was fortunate to be in those professional studios that we had a more collaborative, a collaborative and it was just the energy. It was no yeah. thing about creating and doing all that stuff. But I don't know, something has switched over the years where it's like, hey, I'm in my space, I'm in my zone, I'll let you know what's up after, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of weird, but it, it is what it is, so. Uh, but yeah, I like what Ali. What up, Ali? Ali's not here today, but he's in the chat. He said, "Oh, Ali's in the like chat." Both, yeah. That's he, cool. Yeah. Yo, Ali, man, that that I don't know the the first beat. I think you posted with the endorphins, bro. You're, you're a genius, man. Like that. Ain't it nuts? Insane. <laughs> and he's just making it like it's nothing. He's like, yo, here's something I made. I'm like, dude, you just can't do all of you. You guys do things when you get on the camera. Like, oh, this is just something I made. You can't do that. You gotta warn people. gotta warn people that's funny you know what's crazy is that it's like uh, we were chatting with him that day and he was like yeah i'm about to go uh and just kind of take this stuff in a small case of gold and check Mm -hmm. it out learn it 
And the next thing we heard, he was posting this. <laughs> and it was like, yo, oh, what? Man. This is crazy. Yo, it's a killer. It's a killer combo, though. The um, the uh, ALM Pam's workout and using that as an actual sequencer. That yep. is a killer. That is a killer combination with any setup. It truly is. It truly is very dynamic, and it's just crazy when you get the hang of programming drums with Pam's. Yeah. Is it is it really like I like the way it lay, it's laid out, but is it really? I'm I'm supposing so, but it really yeah. looks like Once the you real get deal. The idea of like the Euclidean rhythms and how you set that up with time divisions and mm -hmm. those kinds of different things, and then uh, what I learned from Aaron and from Ali is that how you set those up with time divisions, how you can send LFOs and control it with other things too, so that you're kind of controlling the drum patterns, but it's kind of being modulated and created on in, in its own. You set the parameters that it operates in, and like you, it's so flexible, yo. It's, I was amazed when I started. Hmm. I was like, yo, this Pam's is a beast. Man. It, it really and this is, is something dope. that we kind of, um, so again, I'm going to shout it out because like I said the other day, I don't want it going away. I'm going to shout out Marco Polo again. If, um, if any of you producers out there uh, want to collaborate with friends but don't necessarily always want to be talking to them directly or whatever and sometimes you do want to talk directly the marco polo app is great for collaborating with your friends and getting ideas and that sort of thing because what we do is we have a, a group of us um where we all share our ideas we talk daily and you know during this time that uh ali was doing this you know he was just getting to know the the pamela's workout and just getting to know the module and we were all sharing ideas on how to on how to get it to have the swing that we wanted right. and this that and the third and it was just a lot of conversation about like okay well here's this this method here's some um some basics that to get you started like some some template settings of of how it works and then going from there and then evolving it and it it, it sped the learning process up right like yeah it really was you know it really did yeah everybody's sharing all that stuff and just jumping in and and then too then there was findings that were shared after you know what i mean like those who knew were sharing yeah. stuff they knew and then we would go back and work stuff and then come back and share more stuff and it, it's like hyperspeed on the getting to know the damn macho you know what i mean and, and another thing about the uh, Marco Polo app is it keeps it as a timeline, so you can always go back and reference the video. Yeah, yeah. sometimes, and um, you can save really, the videos. really important feature. Yeah, you, yeah, you can save the videos as well. But, yeah, um, it's a really good way to kind of learn each other's process. Anybody who knows me, I'm always asking people's process. Um, Daydream Sound, we've talked before. You probably didn't realize it, but on Patreon, we've talked I'm before. realizing it now. <laughs> yeah, 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 and... Um, I kind of go undercover in the streets, you know. I know. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, I'm 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 genuinely interested in the process of making music. Yeah. Um, the process is um, is almost more important to me than the actual music. Um, it's a journey, and um, I'm excited to be able to hear your album. I haven't heard it yet, Daydream, but um, I'm definitely gonna tune in for that one. Word, man, appreciate it. Word, man, yeah, you definitely should check it out, yo, for real, for real. Um, so what else can you tell us about the, the album process, man? Is this, has this been a long time coming? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, yeah, is, I've, is I've just, like one of, of a series or, you know, you're moving on to the next thing. I'm definitely going to keep music more, uh, frequent. It's just, it's so, 
I mean, you guys all know, man, the making album process is such a, it's such a trip, right? And mm. if you want to really give something to the music, you got to take some time. So, yeah, yeah but I'm definitely going to keep things going. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm happy to have everyone listen to it. I'm really interested in the feedback. I'm glad that everything that, is, uh, that I've received so far is positive. So I'm completely, I'm just happy at this point. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. And I know how it is when you're making a, a album or doing a project, when it's finally out in the world, there's this, uh, like, personally, it's a relief, like, yo, it's finally out there. But then you kind of wonder, like, what's going to come back? But yeah. the, the thing is, what's dope about putting out a, a record is that this is art. And so anything could come back at all kinds of different interpretations. I put out albums and people will tell me stuff about it. I'll be like, yeah, that ain't what I was thinking, mm -hmm. but cool. That's what you got from it. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that's the thing, especially with the music that we're all doing. It's not, it's not pop, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So right, it, right. It, has to be, it has to be really consumed with an open mind. You know, yeah. So anyone that's up to that thing, it's like a respect level at that point. Like if you're up to actually consume the type of music we make, it's it's incredible in itself. You know. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So today, mm -hmm. what did you? What's your what's your favorite bit of vintage kit today? Wait oh. wait 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 no don't don't let him say it. he's gonna he's gonna kill the market. <laughs> Damn, that's so true. I hate it. It's, it's so true. Every, this is along time, the lines of what we were talking about before the show. So every time, every time, every time Daydream Sound throws shouts out a piece of gear, I see it shoot up. Yes. I'm just, I'm just playing. Uh, you can, you can say what you want. No, nah, man. Yeah, nobody, nobody checks out what I say, man. I think it's still the. I mean, I still like the EPS 16 plus. It's, it's yeah. familiar, and I'm a creature of of uh, just habit and um, comfort level. And the EPS 16 plus does what I need it to do. Aside from that, the Akai S612 is like my new favorite ever sound. It's right there. It's the Somebody most- Somebody shouted out in the chat already earlier in the show. They were like, <laughs> I see that Akai S612. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the most simple, uh, basic. It's, it's, it's so simple that it's genius, you know? Dope. Yeah, that, that's really it, man. Like I don't have a complete, all-time favorite other than the EPS 16 plus word so while I got so I feel like I got um two aficionados on the SP 1200 maybe three actually because because Ken is dealing with the 2400 you've had SP 1200s and stuff so uh, I, 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 I don't I've know if we asked you too, last time you were on the show TBS I don't know if there was a lot of SP 2400 talk at that time and I'm always curious from guys who have SP1200 experience what their thoughts are on mm -hmm. like the SP2400. So what's your thoughts on that? I, I can't wait soon enough for it to come out, man. Um, <laughs> my thoughts on it are more from of, um, I want it to level the playing field. Mm. You know, like for Amen. me, there's always like, I don't like the, I don't like to prop gear up so much that people get like a, what do you call it, man? Like a like a high and mighty standpoint. Like, oh, if you don't have an SP twelve, yeah, nothing. Well, about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. now there's an SP twenty four hundred coming on, and if you can't do what you think you can do with that, <laughs> then it's your problem. <laughs> oh wow! That's kind of what I want to see. Now the playing field is going to be leveled. No one could, no one could play that game anymore. Yeah. You know, because it costs money to get an SP, so you could always you could always stunt with it. Like now that's going to be gone. You know, yeah. so I want to see what everything turns out with that. 
That's a great <laughs> point. That's a great point. I love it's it. It's like I everybody it. complaining that they don't, they can't get this, they can't do that, that sound, that sound. Guess what? Here it is at a reasonable price. Yeah. Game on. Let's see. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> kind of how I look at it, man. Perspective. So I, I just put it up there so that people can see what we're talking about. Because I had yeah. somebody, I had somebody come on one of my interviews the other day, at, uh, like an old interview with uh, Isla Instruments, and, and said. <laughs> Said, uh, "Oh, you guys been talking for for ten minutes, and I still don't know what it is." Oh. I'm like, okay, there you okay, go. "I don't know why you're watching that interview." <laughs> it was like it was like the third in a series. <laughs> like, okay, dude. But uh, yeah, uh, you, you know, funny. one thing about the this and any sampler that could come out in the future, because it's this sort of idea is not you know crazy new. It's something that people have been talking about for a while. People have been wanting that vintage sampler sound in a new yeah. sampler, you know, without the restraints of an old sampler, but being able to get the character and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. the the main thing that I keep going back to is like, it it's not a SP 1200. It's mm -hmm. not, no matter, no matter what happens, no matter how close it can have a perfect recreation of the sound. It's not a SP 1200. And that's, should be the good thing about it like that should be you know you i want you to remember that argument when we talk about the mustang mach e then oh, dude man. don't talk to me about the pinto, <laughs> the pinto mach e come on man that thing is a pinto i don't want to hear it but anyway but he's gonna get me mad off topic but anyway the the, the jaguar f-pace pinto <laughs> so anyway while we're while we're not talking about you know bastardizing a, a sports car's name to make an SUV, uh, the to me like the SP twenty four hundred though like at the end of the day, it's being designed with a a sound like a a character like yeah. it's it's being designed from the ground up to have a character like with that mindset mm -hmm. you know whereas a lot of samplers that that's an afterthought. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. what excites me more than anything. Doesn't matter how perfect it sounds or whatever to me so much as, oh man, this is going to be cool because it's going to have a sound. Like I bought the Phono Gene, you know, because it has a cool sound to it. You know what I mean? Like there, there's yes. a lot of samples yeah, that I bought, like the, the uh, pocket operator, the KO. I yep. freaking love that thing. It's super basic, but that thing has a sound to it. Like if mm. you if you sample that thing and like like you know and record that thing, that little ass thing has a really cool sound to it. Mm -hmm. So to me it's it's less about like oh trying to emulate the past or whatever. To me it's more about like oh, you know, utilize what we've discovered over these last 20 or so years of samplers, 30 years of samplers and really like Okay, now that it's been done perfectly, like where there's like 96K samplers and that sort of thing, and we've, we've heard pristine, clean recordings and that kind of thing, yep. we've discovered the flaws that we love, you know what I mean? And we've discovered the, the types of filters that we love on samples, and we've discovered, you know, lots of little tricks and things that are really pleasurable, you know? Just like, you know, when, when guitar amps were first coming out, um, distortion wasn't even a thing. Distortion mm -hmm. became a thing because people started pushing them, and then that became a sound that people started liking, and yeah. then they started creating amps with distortion, you know? It's the same kind of thing. And to me, it's like now we're in a new era where it's like 
we're getting samplers that are going to have characters specifically that we can just enjoy and utilize in those ways. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that takes away the idea of, um, you know, sometimes people, and I think we've all maybe made the point, but sometimes people like to live on the point of, what you got to realize is that stuff was flawed technology and, and that, it, I can't understand why people are chasing that sound. Well, yeah, it's, that the, the analogy that you just used about the idea that there was no distortion before it was a thing that happened. <laughs> and people dug like now we love that sort of 12-bit crunchy sound it has to be a thing and true it's flawed technology that created that but uh, you know now it's just it's an endearing sound i love the fact that it's i mean we we love the albums yeah that were created with them exactly know? yeah um so word hey so i i feel like this is one of those things i'm gonna transition into the next topic right here um uh and so the poly d <clears throat> just because we're talking about old technology new <laughs> right mm. but at the same time this is the model d as a, a multi-voice synth and i say multi-voice because you know that's the whole uh misunderstanding or argument or debate about paraphonic and and polyphonic uh, which I like what Ken said. It's interesting that if they call it a, a paraphonic model D, it would be parody, the clone, right? <laughs> 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 That's cool. But so, what's y'all what's y'all thoughts on that? Then on the on the new Behringer Poly D. I I I'm just gonna say this real quick. I feel like this is one of those things where Moog. Um, had every opportunity to do this product itself for decades and yeah, chose not literally. to and, and <laughs> it's it to me it's irksome when i look at moog and i look at um like price points aside it's just irksome to me that like i look at the types of products that they come out with and i'm like i often feel like their design team is asleep at the wheel mm -hmm. like at just as a product guy i'm like man like People have been asking you guys for this for for how long, and you know, so, and, and you can you can reissue and do this, that, and the third with, with the the mini mode, but to, I, I I I'm really kind of like irritated back to when they first started doing those reissues and they came out with the Emerson Lake and Palmer uh, Five U recreation. And one of the comments from one of their main engineers was, it, like in the little interview thing that they did was, we're really excited to bring this to the masses and share this with the people. And then they priced it at like, that one I think was 55 grand. Yeah. And it was like- Share yeah, it with the people. It was like a slap <laughs> in the face to me. And, and this product to me, like if you wanna do, you know, true recreations, blah, 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 that's fine and all. Um, but you've got this large customer base that's been calling for this kind of thing for so long and they've ignored it for so long. And it's like, okay, well now when somebody else does it, I hope you guys aren't mad because you know, you guys have been kind of spitting in the face of your fans for a long time about this stuff. So now, now it's here. Like if that thing was, I mean, let's face it. It's, it's kind of like a matriarch, you know, it's extremely similar to, to what the matriarch is. Yeah, it really is. And I can say that as a matriarch owner, um, and I just did a, a, a matriarch video for those that want to kind of check out what the matriarch is, a mold matriarch, 
uh, video. <clears throat> and um, I love the sound of the Matriarch. I actually, from what I hear, from what I hear, I love the sound of the Poly D. But here's the thing: a lot of it is pretty much the same. You know what I mean? It, it, it's a full voice, paraphonic synth. Uh, the 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 effects are different. Like there's a um, a stereo analog de delay on the Matriarch, where there's a chorus on the uh, the Poly D. Uh, they both have um, arpeggiators and sequencers that can sequence and arpeggiate chords. They both have, you know, four uh, oscillators, and uh, so I don't think it has dual or stereo filters. I'm not sure about that on the on the Poly D, but I'm just saying it really does come for uh, the head of the matriarch. Like it's it feels like direct competition at a price point that's thirteen hundred dollars less. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's you that you got to raise an eyebrow at that. That's you, you know what I mean. Now I know. We've had conversations, and there's always a lot of conversations about parents and stuff about the, the build quality. Um, so I don't know anything about the build quality just yet, but at the same time, one of the things that I always keep in mind with Behringer is kind of like, yo, this joint sounds great. Oh, the build quality ain't like a tank, but then it's $200. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, yeah. like at that price point, yeah, it almost makes me kind of like, oh, well, that ain't the you know what I'm saying? One because of the things years, you kinda... you had companies that charge you uh, brand premiums and they make crap. Like, well, you know that, what well, I mean? Corey, that, this is one of the, the, the things that, like, like I'm less, you know, I, you can't, you kind of can't talk about this without talking about Moog. You know what I mean? Because it's literally like a direct shot over their bow. So, I mean, it's same form factor and everything. At least with the, with the Model D that they did, it was a different form factor and, you know, there was that but this is like a direct shot over their bow and Super, if you yeah. if you remember when they were doing the the grandmother stuff and they were doing these like live streams of the build process of the mode stuff it was like kind of like a crash course in how not to do mass production like and it was you had a lot of people who were very in the know watching those videos like wow like they weren't using um uh esd wristbands and you, like there was just like a lot of things it, it was a lot of snap together stuff like stuff coming from china and then you snap it together in america and say it's built in yeah. america and that, <laughs> so it, it became this thing where it's like okay you're charging a premium and and i get it you got the name and all the circuit designs are pretty much all old circuit designs and that's what you're staking your claims on anyway but it's like man and i'm not saying that things need to be priced as low as what behringer is that's not what i'm saying at all but you know, don't go, don't go crying when you release a premium price product. You show the build. The build isn't, you know, done in like an impressively clean way, and the circuit designs are old. And somebody comes out with a near identical product because not nothing's been, you know, protected really because it's so such an old design. Wow. Like to me, it's just very like I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, just want to see Moog do better. Like to me, this is like uh, a calling card for hey, time for you guys to step it up. Yeah. Well, well, I, I wanted to speak on the um, the build quality of the new Behringer stuff. As you guys know, um, I was super excited. I got the RD8, opened it up, all live on camera, and um, and it was broken. And I wanted to play, but oh, I you dropped the, out there. Um, one of the triggers, it break. Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 you're yeah. you're back now. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I push one of the triggers that breaks. Um, so then I just said to myself, I'm like, you know, for an extra two hundred dollars, I would, I would really pay an extra two hundred dollars for a better build quality. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's fair. It, it was just disappointing. The sound, the sound was great, but, um, but, but breaking like directly out of the box, live on camera, was. And that's something that I'm continually concerned about because I keep hearing um, rumblings through the industry um, of like discontent over at Behringer and like issues with, with you know just uh, just people not being happy that sort of thing. Um, and when I hear these rumblings, it can it deeply concerns me because you know the whole reason why Behringer kind of turned it all around was because they acquired all these great companies clark technic midas um tc electronics like they acquired all these fantastic companies and if they can't keep the people at those companies happy and they lose those people i'm highly concerned that they'll just end up reverting back to that old 90s euro rack mixer that was built like crap kind of um mentality and uh, so I'm deeply concerned about what the future would will hold if, you know, it, hopefully Behringer can keep its people happy and, and can kind of, like, continue to grow and not regress. Like, that's that's a concern. I'm still shocked that you said it broke. I, I can't <laughs> even believe that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was that's live on Marco right? Polo. The whole, um, yeah, the whole squad saw it happen. That's crazy, man. It was, it was pretty, unbe- it was pretty unbelievable. And I'm very, very delicate with my equipment because I oh, do, man. like yourself, daydream. I have a lot of the, the vintage gear, so I'm very, very delicate here. Um, so, so I, I guess it's sure boiling down. Do. Yeah, it's boiling down to. I mean, I brought this up where it's like, Behringer's kind of getting into a market where that if you need something in a pinch, I gave the example of let's say you're working on a project and the person, you know, the artist says, look, I want to, I want a Moog Model D. And if you don't have one, well, yeah, go out and pick up a, a Poly D real quick. $600. Well, literally do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's not going to hurt your pocket. So it has its place, but I mean, this, I'll give them benefit of the doubt, man, but I, I'm disappointed to hear that. That is disappointing. I mean, you, you know, I, I should hope that that's an isolated incident, but at the same time, I just don't know. I don't, uh, I've never seen anything like that, so it was crazy. <laughs> it's one of those things also where you have to look at, like, it It can also be a numbers game. Like, there is yeah. there, there is a, a level of numbers game, too, when you're shipping, you know, 20,000 units of something. You know, there, there's a numbers game of that. But that being said, QA should be should be catching this stuff, and, and, and I agree. So it's, you know... It, it's but it was it was literally the first button press though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that, that's what was that was that, that's what was so crazy about it. And, and see, I I've, been, I I've been limited. Say, oh, it's so funny. I've been limited. <laughs> my my experience has been limited to like tool made samples, basically like prototypes and tool made samples of, of Behringer gear. So like I don't I only have like a few Behringer products that actually came from a store. Um, and, and everything that I've had, honestly, has been pretty good. Like I actually had a, I had a man, the 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 Behringer mixer that was like the same as the Mackie Pro FX. I had that, and my Mackie Pro FX is falling apart worse than my Behringer. So it's like it, I'm very like I'm not super like brand loyal when it comes to that kind of stuff because I'm like things can always go one way or the other. I mean, there's things like the Newmark mixers back in the day. Like I I grew to hate Newmark and Gemini because like 
whenever I would get a DJ mixer from them, the crossfader would die in like a week and like, oh well, yeah. And so it was like, okay, get a Vestax, get a rain, like don't, don't mess with this other stuff. But like a lot of the times it can be just, you know, mass production is, is a, is a, I think that's a big thing. And I think it's worth noting, you know, when it comes to that mass production stuff, firstly, Behringer has their own factory in their back pocket that they could do numbers that other companies can't do. And then on top of that, they, they put the price point cheap enough where they could sell tons of them. And I believe Uli uh, announced a month ago or so that they've become the number one selling synth company out there. Um, so then that kind of fortifies your point, kid, about the numbers game and the mass produced mass production and how some point there's going to be some level of of uh, you know what Aaron saw in the box, but, <laughs> but QA should be trying to catch that stuff. Wait, wait, wait! You take you literally take it out the box and it just disintegrates. <laughs> like you know, I didn't know this was a DIY project. <laughs> Speaking of well, DIY projects, cars. man. Speaking of DIY projects, so so. Uh, Korg has the, the whole thing they're talking about, like they're bringing back a classic, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we don't know if it's an iOS recreation of the Triton or whatever. That's not what I'm really trying to get into. But do you remember when Korg started reissuing synths and they did a MS-20 desktop, but it was snapped together? <laughs> It, like, oh, yeah, you had I to build it. You had to you had to push the parts together, and and yeah. that, it's funny to me because that's how a lot of like this made in America stuff is, where it's like you get the parts, but oh, you have to just snap it together. Like it's the same kind of idea, and so to me, it's like when people start fussing about where things are built and that sort of thing. It to me, it's pretty much never about where is it built. It's more about like how well was it engineered, and you know what process the the QA went through at the factory and all that kind of thing, because at the end of the day, you can have terrible builds in the U S China, you know, Honduras, wherever it is. Like, it doesn't matter. You can have bad QA anywhere. This yeah. is funny. Dude said, wow, what yeah. if Baron did Behringer did kits so we could skip the QA? Well, you mean QA on kits too, though. So, you know, what I'm saying? If I can't tell QA. you how many times I, I got <laughs> DIY uh, synth kits from certain companies and I had to hit them up like, hey, you guys left out like six resistors and this. That, <laughs> <there."> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can get around it. I just don't know if you can get around it. You but I will like say being not calling people out for that, too. <laughs> I, I will say, though, man, um, um, that. Holly D does sound good, what I've heard. And I think they're going to sell a ton of them. And I can't believe that what we've waited for for all these years came from Behringer. <laughs> like, I, I can't believe that. That that just trips me out. Where, you know, I mean, it's kind of like every year around NAM, all of us that go to NAM are always like wanting, wanting certain companies to do certain things. Roland. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So what kills me today is Behringer is the company that's doing all the things that those other companies <laughs> have not been listening to their people. Like they, they're not doing those things over the last whatever years. And Behringer comes out like, don't worry, we'll do it. And then boom, hitting the market with stuff. It, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, Corey. Yeah. We say this every year, and then every year, like it, it's a complaint, like after Nam. But mm -hmm. I guarantee you. 
this year again. Yeah. My dumb ass is going to run to the rolling booth and just end up getting smacked in the face with a bunch of stupid organs. Yeah, that's true. That sounded horrible. Hold on. Let me pause on that. Smack the face. Let me just say, let me just say. That every year we go there looking for like an MV or a new V-Synth, and every year it's a stupid organ or yeah. like some kind of like some kind of junk product that like man they just I don't know. We got yeah. this. We got this keyboard just for you, and you know what it sounds like? What does it sound like? A piano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yo, yo, how how they gonna do? How they gonna do that? SP404 successor, but it's not a successor. It's the SP404. Just to get it. Yeah, right. Just do another SP404. <laughs> it's got a new paint job and new samples. We put, we put a paint job on it and a firmware upgrade that basically just gave it some more MIDI, and that was it. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm, wait, I'm, waiting for the, I'm waiting for the Ross G edition. I hope that's the yeah, they that should. actually happens. It'll be dope. They should. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to have mad stickers. It's going to come with stickers on it all over out the box. Yeah, yeah, he's a legend. He's a legend, and I would love for him to be immortalized in that um, because that was such a big part of his production. So Yeah, yeah I know um, me and Shiro actually hit up a couple people that we know at, at Rolling and suggested, like, yo, uh, Ross G is kind of prolifically related to uh, or linked in forever in, in infamy to the SP404, and he just passed away, and there's lots of celebratory things going on. Like, there really should be like a special edition of Ross G SP four four. I would love I would love to see that. Yeah, those residuals to go to the family for life. Yeah. I mean, if, if an artist blows up a piece of gear and we know like there's mm-hmm. you could count on your hand people yep. that directly mm-hmm. started this whole SP four oh four thing. Yeah, yep. it's true. Yep. Yep. And for years, Roland has pretended like, what? No, no, it's us. No, it's it's us because it's great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's facts. I mean, facts. those dudes, those particular dudes you're speaking of, they excelled in making incredible music with those things, despite its shortcomings. They made yeah. the shortcomings features. In a way, that was that was kind of the charm. Was yeah, that like exactly. you know people kind of knew like oh they're doing it on that. It was the same with like MF Doom and Madlib and those cats. Like it was very much this like oh like we're we're aware that it's being done on this really lo-fi and not lo-fi as a as a you know cliche term, but it was legit considered lo-fi at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like now now there's this whole vibe of like lo-fi means really expensive gear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's so counterintuitive. Like, <laughs> yo, yo, how'd you get that lo-fi sound? Oh, I spent thirty grand. Like, what? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Yeah, man. So, hey, uh, what's the what's the next thing? I wanted to talk about this something else. Hold on, let me go to to the list. Where's the list? It was a good list too. Osmos. Is that how you say it? Osmos? I believe oh, so. I believe I, so. I'm gonna pull it up. This is Expressive E's um, new controller, and it basically is <clears throat> like Expressive E's sort of technology put into a uh, uh, a keyboard. So I'm gonna go to it. Uh, give me one second. I still can't believe you sold that Expressive E controller. I didn't sell it. I turned it. I took it back. Oh, you returned it. Excuse me. <laughs> 
but yeah, I just wasn't into it. And I think I just kind of had to be honest with myself, like, yo, I'm not into it. And that's going to sit around. Mm. Were you using it with CV or were you using it with MIDI? Yeah, I had the CV version and I was definitely using it with CV. But why they don't let regular pictures out on this thing? I'm looking at the site right now and it's, it's all like... Just share the site, fool. All right, but I'm just saying, I'm looking at it and it looked crazy. Hold on. Uh, there. Here, here. Almost there. Everybody that I've talked to that's played this thing or played an early version of it has said that they really enjoyed it. So I've heard nothing but good things. So uh, I'm, I'm interested in it. I was... The only thing about these types of, of controllers that always gets me is that they put this amazing technology of expressiveness at your fingertips, but then they leave out, like, detailed, like, knob controlling and, and whatnot, which, to me, it's like, if I'm going to have this really expressive master controller, I want to have knobs so that I can, you know, control VSTs and, like, all their other parameters and do sound design and not just play. Like, it's definitely a player's thing, but at the same time, if you look at it, it's it's only a few octaves. It's not like, you know, it's not like a 76 key where you could really say, oh, this is definitely 100% for players, you know? Yo, does that say $3,000? Get your well. money up. Wait, no, yeah, that's, it does. That's a $300 deposit. Hold on, let me look at it. Yeah, that's, that's a deposit. <laughs> like a deposit. Wow, <laughs> okay, so it's, it's a $299 deposit, but what's the uh, the price though? It, I thought it was 27 or something like that, but that's maybe still, that was the early of, price. That's a lot of loot. Yo. That might that's have been a lot of price. money, dude. That's a lot of money. I mean, you, I would have to well, be a virtuoso to be playing something like that. Yeah. Like, it's ju yeah. just a controller? Nah, the the touch on it is amazing, though. Like, all those things you can do. Like, if I was a player, yeah, I'd be all in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, yeah. it, it's sick. I can't, I can't say anything bad about it, but, you know, it, it's It not looks me. good, too, though. It looks amazing. Yeah, I was interested in them to take that technology and put it into a key bed. That was kind of, I think that was a kind of bold choice. And they, who they partner with for the synth engine in it? Because it's not just a controller. Oh, uh, the the it's the Eigen Matrix thing from um, Hacking Continuum, right? Oh, oh wow, okay. Yeah, that's inside. Yeah, interesting. Mm. So it, it's pretty interesting. I mean, that's that's a high end piece of gear. At first, I thought it was just a controller, but yeah, it's got a synth in it, right? That's not okay. That's yeah. different then. Then then three thousand dollars doesn't really bother me then. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Different. Yeah, it legit has has a synth engine in it. Um, it's it's one of those things that I I, I really like what it does. Um, that price point, though, again, it's like you're still if you're a synthesist, you're still mm -hmm. going to be pairing that with something else to do the actual knob control and programming. And then mm. that's just going to be a play surface. And I'm like, man, I want to see I want to see it all together. Like put, you know, put like put a cover over the back part of those keys and then give me like 16 knobs or something or eight, eight knobs with OLED and a macro, you know, like a like scribble strip or something like that. That's another thing that you still don't see enough of is like scribble strips with uh with MIDI knobs. Any C V on the back? Funny, it's not funny saying it. You know what? Leave me alone. Is that <laughs> scribble scribble uh, scribbles? Uh, uh, wicked wicked wicked. 
wick, wick, whack. Oh, man. I'm still in traffic, man. I still haven't made it to Nerd Audio yet. Can you believe this? What are you doing there? Are you, are you picking something up? No, I'm dropping. I'm doing the synth oh, yeah, that's right. for I'm the sorry. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm always getting confused because like half the <laughs> time you're out there the buying stuff. Yeah, Wu-Tang is for the kids. <laughs> it's for the babies. Yeah, I don't know if it. Uh, I don't know what it has on the back. I don't see it. Says anything, but yeah, that's pretty interesting, though, man. I mean, um, yeah, I had the the, the dang on pedal and I returned it. It was just kind of one of those things where I did feel like, uh, while I was, you know, I got into it and I made some dope music with it, but you know, it was one of those things. One, the 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 two shade joint with um with uh, CV is expensive. And I can't remember yeah. how much, but I felt like I spent a lot of money on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I got it home and I was like, wow, that's interesting. I don't know if all the money I just spent on it was worth what I spent on it. But then I realized later that they had a USB version. And I think that one is well worth it. But then at the same time, I probably would want the CV, right? Because I was able right. to take four yeah. CV out of it and control all kinds of parameters. And I got to admit, the couple of joints that I made, uh, the tracks that I made with it. When I listen back, I'm like, I've never got that kind of expressive expressiveness out of other stuff. <laughs> you know wow. what I mean? And, and it is just a different type of expressiveness when you can move your hand and hear the expressiveness in the music, and especially in the kind of music that you specifically make, where it's not cliche sort of bends and all that kind of stuff, but you're creating this movement in the music that's really your own. So yeah. I think I, I was a little premature in that, but um, I mean, it is what it is. Well, how do you think it would pair with the grandmother or, or even the matriarch? I think it would pair incredibly with the matriarch or the grandmother, Any anything that's patchable like that. And that kind of stuff will make me get it again because with the matriarch, there's so much going on, man. I mean, uh, on there, you have the, the spacing things on the stereo filter and on the stereo delay, and it basically is moving the, the, the fill away from each other and closer to each other. And it can create such ex expressiveness in what you're doing and when you're playing. And a regular LFO can do it, but a regular LFO is going to give you what an LFO gives you. But I think if you had something like the Expressive E connected to it, you could get some really ill stuff out of it. So that's the kind of stuff I thought about when I was like, damn, maybe I'm a little premature. But um, yeah, it, it's a dope product. I was just at the moment kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'm going. Like, I literally bought it on Friday, made music with it over the weekend, and took it back on Monday. It was kind oh, of. Man. <laughs> wow i was like really quick yeah <laughs> it, it was su it was super fast and it kind of like irked me because i was like i was kind of lusting for one at that time and he just <laughs> did it like that and i was just like I hate what's you. wrong with you <laughs> well, that, that was kind of like that was like me with the hermod oh yeah, yeah you did oh, that with dude, the hermod. No, i think the hermod might have been quicker though the hermod you had that thing for like dude like i don't think like fedex got around the block yet <laughs> <laughs> he's like chasing after the truck throwing yeah, it back exactly. at <laughs> and making a profit while he, yeah, he went and yoked yeah. the fedex driver at the, at the house down the block like take this back <laughs> yeah, that Hermod, man. Oh man. No doubt, no doubt, man. That's absurd, so, man. Absurd. Yeah, what else we got, man? What else we got? We, there was some good stuff on the list for today. Moogfest canceled. Oh, Moogfest oh. canceled. How about that? 
Yeah, that, that's kind of strange. I, I talked to a few people, and I, I was trying to get a little bit more tightly wound um, inside info on it, but I didn't really get the info that I was looking for. Um, so it, it's all speculation at this point. But, I mean, it's a, ma it's a major event. So, like, I can, I can understand if... A lot of people are saying, oh, because it was so close to Superbooth, but I really don't think that that was it because those, those two events are extremely different. They're very different than all other opposite sides of the world. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I really don't think that that's what it was at all. Yeah. At any rate, I was planning on going to it and all the rest of them in 2020, so uh, I'm glad they canceled it because I, I can't be going to all that shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I don't know, but, you know, I've been to Moe Fest, man. It actually is a pretty cool event. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised really to cool. see it canceled. There must be some sort of good reason. Um, I was gonna start start a, a, my speculation, and, and it probably would turn into a rumor of some sort that uh, Polly D heard them, and so they said, "Everybody, sit down and shut up. We gotta get our minds right." But you know, that's nah, I don't, I don't probably that's not the case. Nah. <laughs> so nah. you know, uh, but yeah, it is interesting. They said they want to concentrate on other stuff. I'll say this. When I've heard Moog say stuff like we want to concentrate on other stuff, things like Moog 1 pops up out of nowhere. You know what I mean? I can't see that it's the same group of people planning something like that, though. Like it's No, not, it's not. It's we're true. We're talking right. about two very different things. So, like, to me, I, I don't really see it being one thing all that connected to the other. But, again, this is all speculation. I just So, you know what I'm used to? And I think the reason I think that way is because when I went to Moog Fest, a couple times, uh, there was one time I went, and I remember the people that were planning, planning it were still the people that I was in contact with at Moog for press stuff about other stuff. And so at that point, it was still pretty much, and I think the year after I went, they actually broke off and became their own event of their mm -hmm. own, just like We Are Moog Fest, and they started getting their own uh, social media and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably a different group of people at this point because I think we've seen just seen different uh, bits of evolution of the Moog Fest, like anything. So yeah, the last Moog Fest I went to was pretty rad. Um, uh, Pete Rock was um, DJing and performing. Alicia he came out. Um, who else was it? Um, a bunch. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good event. It's a it's a really dope event. Um, that's the event. I got to tell you, here's a here's an interesting thing about Mode Fest. I had this weird thing happen. I was at Mode Fest and I was watching um, what's the dude's name from Run the Jewels before Run the Jewels though. Um, oh, big Mike, Mike something, Killer Mike? Mike, Killer Mike. No, nah, yeah. not Killer Mike, the other dude. Uh. LP. Yeah, LP. LP. Hello. Yeah, LP was performing, and what was dope is that he was performing with a DJ, a hype man, and uh, a keyboardist who was playing like some sort of vintage mode joint. And um, I was standing there, we were watching it, and you know, I was there as press, obviously, B-Boy Tech Report. Um, I interviewed Pokemon Monster that year, I interviewed Daedalus that year, a uh, couple of different things. It was just a good event. Oh, I also saw, um, never mind, I can't think of his name, and that's disrespectful. Anyway, so I'm watching LP perform, and, <laughs> and um, this dude 
Well, okay, there's a dude standing next to me, and uh, every now and then, as LP's doing some dope stuff, he would look at me and be like, right? And, and I'm like, word, that was dope. You know what I mean? I don't know the guy. I'm literally at Moldfest by myself. So, uh, uh, you know, went to the bar, and I came back, and then I saw a, tech, a, a, a tweet that said, chilling at the LP concert with B-Boy Tech Report. <laughs> and I, I, I looked at <laughs> And I looked at him, and he was like, <laughs> oh, man. that's weird, son. What's wrong with you? Oh, that's super weird. <laughs> Crazy, that's super man. Weird. Yeah, I'm sure, like, let me ask you guys this question, because I'm sure it happens to you far more than it happens to me. When you go to these trade shows, do, trade shows, do people just stare at you because they know who you are, but they may not want to speak to you? Sometimes. Okay. Because they're kind of timid, you know what I mean? But That's what Corey did to, to me and Joe from Sounds and Gear the first time we met him. Uh, is that what you did, Corey? That's how he would like to think. No, I that's what like, happened, fool. You were staring, staring at you to... I didn't want. Yo, I was, I was in the middle of everybody like, yo, check it out. <laughs> you know what yo, I'm Joe and I were, Joe and I were off to the side. And the funny thing is, like, whenever I'm at Nam with Joe, Joe is tall and he's got big dreadlocks. He stands out in a crowd. Like, I just kind of blend in because I'm just average white dude. Like, look like everybody else there. But Joe stands out in a crowd. So, like, when I'm standing around Joe, it's like, you know, people are coming up like, oh, hey, it's Joe. And then they'll be like, oh, you're Flux. Like, you know. Yeah. And Corey's, like, off to the side. He's <laughs> going over around the back. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> who, who is this guy? And he started talking to Joe. And then, like, later on, I was like, Joe, Joe, who, who was that guy? <laughs> oh, man. But, no, nah, it was mad, dude. We, we had a great time that year. But, but I'll tell you what, that – that was actually that was actually right after I had like run over to Roland and seen nothing. So I'm just saying like, again. Again. Seen nothing. Tradition this year. I'm telling you, I'm going there again this year. I'm gonna run straight over to Roland. I do it every year, and every year I'm like uh, I walk out of there sad. Year. It can't happen this year. They already they one already did, stuff one off. cool thing happened when I was at Roland one time, and that yeah. was I met there's a there's a loop artist, a live looping artist named Rico Loop, and I mm. met Rico Loop one year, and that was great because they were doing uh this is back when the RC RC three hundred I think it was came out, mm -hmm. and uh it's like their live looping pedal stuff, and yeah. this guy is phenomenal. But he was like, dude, we ended up hanging out with him later. We went to a Native Instruments um, party, like private party that they did. And we hung out with him. And he ended up almost getting kicked off of the bus for smoking weed on the bus. And like, that guy was just a character. But he was just so much fun. So that was like the best thing that I've seen Roland do every year that I've gone to Nam was the fact that they had this one live loop artist that was just insane. So, <laughs> other than that, it's always been a letdown. Crazy. You know what had just happened to me, Kim, when we had just met like that? Uh, I, I, that was my first name. I went over to uh, uh, um, the booth for the Mellotron. The yeah, Mellotron I remember that. Dude. And I remember coming to talk to you. I was like, yo, I just got all this footage. The dude took the Mellotron totally apart. And you know what I'm saying? He showed me, he gave me like history. I was videoing it. He gave me a whole history of the Mellotron. <laughs> he took the joint all the way apart. He had the tape stretched out like this. And he told me like there's only five of these and I'm the only person that repairs all this. And he gave the whole history and I was recording it. And then I came and told him about it. 
and uh, and Ken was like, "Yo, if he took it apart from him, he'd take it apart from me." And I got back to the hotel that night, and I didn't have any audio. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yo, I was like, "Ah, <laughs> hard lessons on your first name, yo. Hard lessons, hard wow. lessons." That's crazy. That was crazy. So I got all this footage of this dude showing me the, the Mellotron. And, and no audio. You should no stick audio. with that up, man. Yeah, you, should, you could put it up. That's we could crazy. dub it. We could dub it and just say completely random stuff over it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll narrate it all we'll messed like, up. It'll we'll be like, this is all purple tape. I this is called a Farfisa. And I put it in the Mellotron. <laughs> this all purple tape. That's hot. I love it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is all Raekwon. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the tape off. Word oh up. my god <laughs> yeah man that yeah it, it nam's always a good time i'm looking forward to it this year because uh we're gonna have a crew out there have you have you been uh to nam daydream never i always you gotta get out that way man i yeah. want to i've yep. been i've been just it always comes at a time of year where i'm like oh yeah nam's here and yeah. I don't know how to get in. I have no idea. I heard you got to be special, and I ain't special. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you got to be special. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to have either you got to work for one of the companies that are exhibiting, or yeah. you got to be somehow related to uh, retail. Like you, you could get a pass though. Or press. No, could, yeah, Day, Daydream could get a pass. Yeah, you I could easily yeah. get a pass because your your outlet they look at you like press. You know, okay. yeah. like you could get a media you, outlet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh no nah, man, it's it's really it's really great, especially because there's so much chicken and waffles. <laughs> it's so good. It's very true. It's Wait, they have a Roscoe's in Anaheim? Oh yes. Yeah, right across pretty much like a block away from That's like oh, dude, that's wow. our pilgrimage. <laughs> yeah, we literally I think the most people we pulled up in in Roscoe's with from man was probably about twenty five folks. That's what I was about to say. It was around twenty some odd people. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, we, we had to push had together to multiple tables. Five. Yeah, it was like a million tables pieced together. And like, we had booths. We had tables and booths. Yeah, it was wow. crazy. It was really crazy. Um, but yeah, we have a good time for now. But it was a tough time it, to be gluten free, man. Before <laughs> before I get out though, before we get out, because it's just about that time to to wind the show down. But I wanted to mention D Stills project. If y'all haven't out there checked out D Stills project, so got a lot of dope music right here, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stream Sounds joint that just came out. Um, and then you got D Stills joint that just came out. Yo, I just lost sound. Yeah, me too. I just lost what happened. You can't hear me? I, I can hear you now. Okay, we're back. Yeah, uh, one thing that's cool about um, these projects is that, um, well, well, with the Deep Steel project, what he's doing these two things is he's taking 30 days and he'll upload a beat per day on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it's all something that he did in that day. And he, he's challenging himself to make quick decisions or just decisions that, you know, he's okay with living with. This is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to commit to it and put it up. And then after 30 days, he puts that beat tape out as an actual release. Yeah. Well, he did the first one. It's called My Instagram Beat Tape. If y'all get a chance, you should check it out. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And yeah. doing another one now. And Why don't you throw that link in the oh, chat, too? Yeah, I'll throw the link in the chat. And I think, uh, I don't know what he's calling a new one, but it's, um, 
he's on day six or seven right now of this new one. So yeah, the new one's crazy. I think he's, he's on seven right now. Six was yesterday. Yeah. Daniel's like one of those guys. He can't do no wrong. Like it doesn't matter what it is. He's just gonna every time kill it. Like he's just insane. Yep, it's true. Definitely killing it. Yeah, he's he's really really just <clears throat> exceptional for no reason. Just yeah, it doesn't it, matter what he does. It it really truly is. And and he takes his time to like his philosophy about things is pretty dope. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when he comes to something, he's like, I want to learn this thing inside out. Mm-hmm. And and you could tell that it pays off when he does that. Because I can't say that I do that. I, some stuff I could care less about learning inside out. Some stuff is like I want to use um, features one through five of fifteen. <laughs> now, to be clear, I'm cool with that, you know what I mean. Yo, to be clear, the um, the beat tape I don't think is up on 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 SoundCloud yet. The current one, the current one, it's on IG. Yeah, yeah the current right. one. It it he does it all through Instagram for now, and then at the end, then he'll put it up. Like he's okay. gonna release it, but. For right now, the only way to hear the current stuff is to follow him on Instagram. Yep. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah, yeah, but it's all it's all real dope stuff. And he's, you know, he's a he's a, you know, he's part of the uh, the Mobbap crew. So he's like he's in there with us on the uh, on the Marco Polo app every day, and we're all discussing things. And he's yeah, he's just he's brilliant all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so, yo, before we get out of here, I, um, I want to uh, say thanks to TDS for coming through, bro. You're always welcome. I always enjoy your energy, and I love what you do. Um, thank you. Look and feel your videos are just crazy. It's it's awe-inspiring. Everything. Appreciate it. So I appreciate you, man. Thank um, you. Good luck on the new project. I'll definitely be picking it up, and I'll be listening to it and analyzing it and being inspired by it like I do by the crew. So... Uh, appreciate you, bro. Anything you want to promote on your way out? I want to promote you guys. <laughs> like you're <laughs> the whole look. The fact that you're even like creating something new and being so open with it, I always just like this is the ground level. We're watching something that's not ever going to go away, mm-hmm. and I'm just like we're all. I'm speaking for everyone who, who's you know who's into this sort of thing. We're watching you guys create something and it's inspiring every day like all of you thank you keep doing it don't stop uh keep on sharing um keep on spreading the word that's all i gotta say appreciate you bro no doubt yo yo aaron those are big words i appreciate that um daydream sound hey so go over to my ig i just um kind of revealed a little bit of my process um if you guys don't know um I do drum breaks, um, and I just revealed that I do it mostly with the poly and percussion, and then um, I cut that to vinyl, and then I sample that into my modular, make my bap. So Word. there's a video There's a video of that process on my IG story right now, um, if you want to peep that. And again, um, the Afro-Rack Inspire the Young Musicians Holiday, you know, Shape the Future Drive is going on. Um, check out my IG profile, at Afro-Rack. And then um, that'll take you over and you'll see kind of the list of things that we're asking for. And that's going to be going on through the holidays and it'll end um, late January. But um, yeah, support the kids in Chicago learning modular synthesis. Yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah, so uh, that that little video, man, that you did, I hope to see a whole lot more of that kind of stuff. I was telling you that before. But I hope to see you doing 
like like showing uh, this kind of stuff man uh, and i know you know it was it was a lot for me to do that you know because i'm really secretive about my process especially even though i know it's hard to duplicate but even showing the polygon perk was was tough for me because i had an old old you know version of that one i've been using it for years yep yeah, I think it is dope, but yeah, I and I don't even necessarily mean showing like whatever secrets you want to keep to yourself, but just in general being being active on there and, and showing what you're up to because I know you tend to keep things as physical as physical copy as possible. Yeah, so um, yeah, if you don't know, um, I only I only release physical copies. So this um, the new bolt breaks is going to be available in Chicago. Um, I made six copies. Um, those are gonna probably gonna go for about twenty five a piece. Word up. Um, so those are um, those are gonna be probably at six oh six records, like they usually are. Okay. And then also, um, shout out to Open Beats. Open Beats every third Friday in Chicago. Um, I'm gonna be out there. I'll be selling records there as well. It's a place. For, do you have a place like that, Daydream in Canada, where people go out? It's like an open mic for beat makers. Do you have something like that? We have a couple of things. It's uh, I'm 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 too old, man. I, I stay in the house, but I know I can tell you there's a massive, massive, massive beat community here. But you know, uh, I'm I'm too over the hill. But it's it's not hard to find. I'll I'll, I'll dig up some stuff to give you for sure. Cool. Yeah, we'd love we'd love to learn more about what's going on in other places. Like, yeah. you know, I know in Atlanta they have Controllerize. In Chicago we have Open Beats. Um, I was just in Arizona and they had like a beat scene that night. So mm. it's it's kind of everywhere now. Yeah, I love that. And we need to start hitting up all those places. Yeah, we need to go in there. But you know, if if we go in there, I kind of feel like we'll be like grifters. Like we go in there. And then, like, we act like, you know, like, oh, we have our humble setup, and then some fire come out of there. Come on, man! Like, <laughs> you can't. I don't. You're not allowed at no open mic nights with the beats that you're cooking up in the studio, man. That's fire. <laughs> it would be fun though. Yeah, <laughs> like, wolf and cub, man, coming out I, there. I know, and you got a little. Like, you got a little knapsack, and you pull it out, and uh, you just slice it. <laughs> It'll just be like silent, like silence all in the room. I mean, there's always that. That's the thing that I love about Mopap is um, Corey and I have performed a lot together. Um, is there's a silence to the room after we 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 rock it, especially it after yeah. Corey, after Corey does it. It's like shock and awe and appreciation all at once. It's just an yeah. I don't do, people don't expect that even if they frequented my Instagram. It's something about seeing yeah. a full like half hour set that people are like, what? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You guys are doing something new. Like this yeah. is this is new. This has never happened before. So it's like we're gonna be talking about this, you know, with diapers on it's gonna get to that what's crazy about it is is like we all kind of found each other in an organic way too like none of it was like pre-rehearsed none of it was like you know none of it was just like conspired upon it was all just like oh like okay so you know bryce okay cool like you know Corey and i know each other and and we knew bryce and oh and here's shiro you know and and yo here's aaron and here's here's lee and like Here's steel and like every like we're all friends yeah. and like, we're like all a, mutual a, friends and we're all sharing our ideas mutually and it's connected. yeah it's it, it's it's a legit um, organic thing that's happening you know it's mm. not it's nothing forced or anything yeah it's like not that. put together that's what I love about it it's not yeah. forced in any kind of way yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. kind of works that way and I think that's what what makes it really special too man so 
Yeah. Um, and you know, here's what I'll tell you. Performing this stuff, and then we got a guy because, but but I want to say this: performing this stuff in front of a crowd that is familiar with modular is one thing, mm. but performing this stuff in front of a crowd that has no relation to modular, no connection to modular, is a whole nother thing. And I can remember like the the, the certain reactions that the crowd did at the Troubadour when we opened up for J Electronica. And I was surprised that they were so into it and gave us pounds. A lot of people were giving pounds afterwards. And, right. uh, you know, just different kind of venues like that you perform at. It's cool that you could see, like, we did a modular shop that on Saturday and on Sunday yeah. we opened up for J Electronica. And, and the reactions were all positive at both places, totally different crowd. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just a, a tripped out thing, man. It was, it was really cool to see. That's amazing. I like I like the negative responses from from the producers where they just stink face. Yeah, those, those oh, are probably. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So, I yo, still... man, uh, I don't know, Ken. You got anything you want to promote? Um, here? if you go to shop.fluxwithit.com, you can support me over there. I got a bunch of sound packs up there that are on sale right now because uh, it's close to Nam, and I need money. Uh, so there's that. You know, those flights ain't free. But uh, other than that, nah, man, I'm just, I'm working on, I got some new sample packs coming out real soon that are going to be real dope. I'm going to do, uh, I'm actually going to see about getting an, another sound pack out maybe end of this weekend. Uh, that should be pretty dope. Uh, so just keep an eye out. That's it. Word up. Word. Uh, and yeah, just uh, FYI. Uh, to everybody, go to beatpeople.com and uh, cop some kits and cops for t-shirts. We got a couple of ModBap t-shirts up there. Uh, still cop those while you can. And uh, it's going to be some really cool surprises in the new year. So I'm looking forward to, to getting to 2020 and, and taking that flight. So um, right. word, this has been Beat People Podcast, episode 56. We'll catch y'all back here on uh, 1221, a couple days before Christmas. And on that episode, we're going to have uh, our people from WMD, um, uh, Modular Company, where we'll be talking about some of their stuff and and probably talking about NAM stuff, too, uh, uh, or or top picks for Christmas on the beatmaker side of things. So, yeah, come back on 1221, and uh, we'll check you then. All right? Peace. Peace. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs>